Produced by Podcast Architects. Hello, listeners to Victory Groove. We are very, very happy that you're back. I've got a very special guest that's going to be with us this this afternoon, and we're going to talk a little bit about overcoming the challenges. That's what we typically talk about with Victory Groove. You know, we say we already have the victory. We just have to get our groove back. Today, we have Paul Servati, and he is the CEO of Insperity. He's the co-founder of this organization, and he's got an incredible testimony, an incredible testimony. Here's an example of someone who started early, married early, overcame some major challenges being in a newlywed couple and all, and had to really find their way. And uh, Paul, I just want to welcome you to Victory Groove. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Eli. Happy to, to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm telling our listeners, and this is our second season, by the way, this is episode two of season two. And as promised last year, we're bringing people who have truly found their calling. They're walking in their rhythm. And so, Paul, tell us a little bit about you and Vicki starting out so early, so young, getting married early and all those obstacles that you faced. Well, absolutely. For those of you that, uh, believe in or know and understand love at first sight that's what it was for me when i took one look at uh, this wonderful uh, young lady we were in high school and uh, we kind of knew right from the beginning uh, my first conversation with her i actually talked about uh, what life was going to be like in the future together and uh, so we ended up actually getting married while we were still in high school so you talk about starting young. We certainly did start young. And it started with, you know, a lot of challenges that come from making such a decision at such an early stage. And uh, but we were, you know, fighters together. And, um, you know, we had one child early on. And then we uh, actually when we were still very young in our teens, uh, we had a, a, a huge life-changing challenge in our life and that was when uh, we had our second child and uh, he lived only for an hour and passed away and uh, we're not sure even today if his problems he was full term but my wife was victoria was sick uh, in her last uh, you know month or two and we're not sure if her illness caused his issue or if his issues caused hers but um, she was uh, in a coma at that point and had to be taken to another hospital because they were expecting uh, multiple organ failure. And her story is incredible. Um, you know, she literally passed away and had a uh, had an afterlife experience. And um, when we were in the vehicle going from one hospital to the other, that was a huge important point for me because it was my, the point in my life when I placed my faith in the God above, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through uh, my Lord and Savior, Yeshua. I call him Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus, the Messiah. And uh, it was in that 
vehicle when I lost my child that day and was faced with the possibility of losing my wife, I finally recognized in the front of that, that ambulance that I wasn't in control of anything. And I, you know, repented for thinking that I was. And, uh, but I had a huge, incredible peace come over me, uh, that seed of faith about how things would be going forward. And even though it was, you know, really uh, uh, a length of time before she was, uh, you know, back up and around, uh, it, was a, it was a huge pivotal point. I always say my best day and my worst day were the same day, the day I lost a, a son, but the day I gained my own uh, salvation, my own relationship with the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. As we look at that and the ages at the time, so can you, can you share the, how old were you? How old was Vicky at that I time? I was 19. Vicky was 17. Yeah. 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 God bless you. And I, I know you, you all went on and have how many children you have now and, and, and your grandchildren too. <laughs> it's just yeah, amazing. You know, this is the upside of starting so young. You know, yeah. we ended up having six children. Yeah. And uh, now we have uh, 20 grandchildren, 10, grand, 10 grandsons and 10 granddaughters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're still relatively young for grandparents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we're able to really uh, run along with them as much as possible. And uh, it's really great. It's a blessing. Huge it is blessing. a blessing. It is a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Started early and. And look at you now. It's just amazing. And you've shared that major challenge. That's a Goliath for many. The loss of a, of a spouse, loss of a child. Uh, as you know, Fern and I experienced a loss, too, a few years ago. So we understand it. We do understand it. And it's always with you. Uh, she just had her birthday just a few days ago. And, it, you know, it came back. Uh, but we're still going through it. And we're still holding on to our faith and knowing that we will see her again. We will, you know, we're holding on to that, all of God's promises. You know, so so we move forward a little bit. And uh, and I want to talk a little bit about your career, too. So we talked enough about your challenges as a family. And, and, and you've overcome that. From a career standpoint, you were kind of, you had some fits and starts, right? So you started a few businesses and and then you got into this one. And I want to talk a little bit about that one. So can you tell us a little bit about the fits and starts? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I went off to college, went to Rice University uh, and I was offered a full scholarship at Rice University. So I went in to accept that scholarship. And in the discussion, they said there's one issue uh, that we have to uh, let you know that this scholarship was provided by a foundation and they believe that a student should be 100% focused so you can't get married while you're in college. And of course, I thought about it a sec because I was already married and I wasn't expecting I'd be getting married again while I was in college. Right, <laughs> right, right. <Yes>, right. <laughs> but I understood the spirit of what they were saying so I just told them, hey, I'm already married and they withdrew the scholarship. So point I was wanting to make there was just that that meant that I had to find my way through myself pay my way uh, we already were married with one child and I went to to school for the a year at Rice and then a year at U of H and what what was really burning inside me was an entrepreneurial spirit and I started off into business for myself and never actually graduated from university but I had several businesses some that did pretty well 
and then some that crashed and burned and then uh, really crashed and burned hard in the mid 80s in Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, we're counter cyclical with the country and the the uh, oil business, you know, collapsed and that collapsed the rest of the economy. You know, retail uh, real estate values went down 25 percent. At that point, I had a construction company with a partner and, uh, you know, we were like a, a masonry subcontracting company. And so we were at the bottom of the hill on those, you know, when people get paid on a project. So when the money stopped flowing, we were at the bottom of the hill and it was a really severe uh, point. And at that point, you know, I'm wondering how am I even going to feed my own family? So, you know, we were really at a, a point in life where, um, you know, I was reaching back out and, you know, I said I came to faith when I was 19, but turning everything over to the Lord takes a, a time and effort and different stages of life to where you realize what this relationship is really supposed to be. And so I needed to get to that point where I was kind of at the end of myself again. And that's the point at which I really just said, you know, I didn't want to be to the left or to the right. I wanted to be in the center of the Lord's will and stop trying to do it myself. And it was at that point uh, that I ended up uh, getting put in a situation. You know, a lot of times you think, you know, how do you end up in these situations that don't seem to make sense to you? But you're talking about having a sense of calling. And here's what happened to me. I ended up working at a labor relations consulting firm on a marketing project about how to market their uh, their seminars and some of their materials that they uh, produced. So this was a labor relations consulting firm. So I was immersed into employment law for about six months. And that became a huge element of my foundation to recognize the whole potential of an industry in the human resources area of outsourcing the HR function for small and mid-sized businesses. So think of it this way. Me having my own small businesses, some successful, but some failing and some failing really bad, and then having all this uh, employment law and HR background and the things that, that a lot of times cause businesses to fail, that led me to the potential of a company to help small businesses wow. succeed yeah. by helping them with the people side of the business. Look at God. Wow. Wow. So all of that, just I'm thinking about the listeners, those people who may be going through a dark moment right now. You know, those who may have started a business or maybe got a job and was laid off. Those folks who need a little hope, a little inspiration right now. What's interesting about your story is how all of this came together for you. That, you know, you had the fits and starts with the businesses. Now you're doing employment law. And look at God kind of put the pieces together for you. He just really put those together. And then it led to administaff, right, where you're helping small business owners, small mid-sized business owners with all of their HR needs. You didn't see that coming. <laughs> right. No, I, I really didn't. You know, but the the concept that that uh, you know that God, God gives you desires of your heart mm. to follow, also, mm-hmm. and you know, so for us, you know, it, I thought people were heroes that started businesses and invested everything that they've saved or 
put money together and formed their own business. And our goal was to improve both the likelihood and degree of success because we knew what a big challenge it is for entrepreneurs to be successful. And I always thought, you know, why is it so hard? Isn't there some way to make it easier? And so for us to provide an infrastructure and we came up with this brand new idea called co-employment, where we would go into a small company with 10 or 20 or 30 employees and we would have the business owner sign an agreement with us where we could co-employ those people and we could aggregate all these employees from many small companies onto one platform. We became, Administaff at that time, now Insperity, became the co-employer and we were able to be the HR department, run the payroll, provide the benefits, do the government compliance, take a huge amount of of administrative burden off a, a small business owner's plate and help them focus on running their business and help their people have the infrastructure so they could focus on their job every day as well. And we found that that had an incredible effect. But the challenge was we didn't realize, we thought everybody would love this, but it turned out that uh, government uh, didn't like it very much because co-employment was a brand new idea that broke up the history of employment law. And we literally had to fight for many, many years in uh, state, federal court, uh, state legislatures uh, to pass laws. We had to create the infrastructure. When we started Administaff, we weren't just creating a company. We had to create an industry because mm-hmm. outsourcing the HR function did not exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How amazing is that? <laughs> How amazing is that? So in a sense, kind of created a whole industry here. PEO, the Professional Employer Organization, a whole industry that was birthed out of your empathy, your empathy, having been a small business owner, you know, having to really work on the HR while trying to focus on your business and so you had that empathy, and then God put you in a spot for you. Did you say six months doing labor law? That, is that what I said? Yeah, it was a six-month six month, uh, project. Wow. And, um, you know, I was immersed into that. And, you know, I really, you know, it put a foundation in me of understanding that helped in a lot of ways for a lot of years. So uh, you just never know where, where the Lord's going to put you. But all these pieces are going to add up together. And I always, I always encourage people to really focus on a sense of calling. Go ahead and look through your life and say, wait a minute, does everything I've done, what have I done and how, what does it add up to? And does it does it make me feel like I'm in a position where I can really devote myself? Because too many people have one foot on the gas and one on the brake. You know, you know that's why I say it's not a job, you know, because that's just trading your time for money. That's the worst situation to be in. It shouldn't even be a career because a career mindedness looks at every place you're at as a stepping stone to get somewhere else. Not that it's bad to have stepping stones, but you need to see everything you're in as a sense of calling where you can give yourself into that fully today. Whatever comes next, you'll, you'll give yourself fully in that too. But it's really important to look at each and every day as how are you giving your very best mm-hmm. to what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. 
So, you know, in my book, Run Toward Your Goliaths, I talk about this find your rhythm. That's a section in the book, find your rhythm. And I talk about explore some things. I'm encouraging people to go out and explore some things. And as you're exploring, you know, you're going to get some signs. There are going to be some senses that you feel that you'll know this. This is this is comfortable. You know, God will stretch you a little bit. You'll get in a, you know, kind of in an uncomfortable situation, but it becomes comfortable. God is stretching you. It's God's stretching process, as I described. So as you're going through that, Paul, I mean, can you, can you help us understand how do you know when it's your calling? How do you know that? What, what are the senses? What are the feelings? How do you do? How do you do that? Yeah, I think that's really good. This first step, of course, is to take an inventory, to look at what has happened in your life and look at what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I also think one thing that's really was important for me was to switch my mindset on how to look at failure. Uh, you know, too many people let failure be a stumbling block or, and then it becomes a fear of failure that keeps you from being able to really invest yourself in your calling. But once I got to the point where I saw failure was actually just learning. Mm-hmm. I started to realize that, yes. wait a minute, this is, you know, fail fast became my right. motto because right. that's learning fast. That's right. And I think if you think about, you know, if you think of a baby, you know, when they're at that age where you hold a, a rattle or something out in front of them and they reach for it and they reach to one side and miss, reach to another side and miss, and ultimately they grab it. And what happened was they failed, they failed, they succeeded. And then they, their memory is of how they were able to succeed. And that's what we have to make sure we focus on, that our failures are just learning how to succeed. I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. You're very learning-oriented, too, so that really fits. That fits you. And that's such wisdom to pass on. You know, our listeners, by the way, are worldwide. We've got people worldwide listening to Victory Groove. And I know there are people at different stages, right? So they're kind of exploring a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think about my grandson, who's a sophomore in college right now, and I'm talking to him, and he's trying to explore. But Papa, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I had dinner with him last night. I said, you know, I just got excited because he doesn't know where he's going to go, but he's putting it all in where he is right now. You know, and he's embraced this idea of really learning from failure. And I'm reinforcing that concept, too, in my own family. It's okay to fail. Learn from that. Move on. Just keep walking. Keep walking by faith, not by sight. Right. So that's uh, just an amazing, amazing testimony here that you're sharing. And it's easy to say now. But, you know, when we're in that moment, when we're in that dark moment where we don't see a way out. All right. And I know you've been there, too. I certainly have, too, in a moment where you just don't see the way out. But God brings you back into the light if you just continue walking by faith. Do you agree with that? Oh, I absolutely do. You know, because uh, when you're, you know, moving ahead in your calling, there's going to be things come out of left field. There's going to be, you know, things come out of every direction. That's just life. And so you have to walk and go by faith. You have to, you know, faith is acting on what you know in your spirit that you've heard. And, you know, you have to, you have to walk that out and, and continue, even though it's uh, maybe dark and stormy uh, right in front of you. So, I mean, I've always felt that uh, 
uh, you know, it's important to have that sense of calling to know why you're doing what you're doing. And that helps you to actually be willing to push through the obstacles that come your way. Uh, you know, for me, for example, you know, I felt so strongly about helping businesses succeed so communities prosper. That became our mission statement because I thought the impact of small and medium-sized businesses in every community lifting that lifts that community up so strongly, providing employment, providing volunteerism, providing uh, financial support to the, the little league or whatever else. It's amazing how the small business community is such a, a, a an unbelievable thing in the whole world in terms of economic growth, development, and 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 success for individuals. And so, you know, to me, it was worth it if I could make a difference. You know, so I ask you, how do you want to make a difference? And do you have a target group that that you feel an affinity toward that you want to help? Those are things that really contribute to a sense of calling that is strong enough to overcome challenges that I guarantee are going to come your way. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. You know, I have a pastor that says, if your why is big enough, it'll help you with the what. It puts the what in perspective. And that's what you're saying, too, that why. You know, I'm thinking about the, the folks who are graduating college, you know, recently. They've graduated or those who will be going on the market. And they are looking for companies to join, you know, and, uh, and and Asperity is such a great company. Of course, I'm biased. It's, it's a great company and it is wonderful. You had some interns this summer, right? How many interns? 20 or so? I think we had 22 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about it, there are folks trying to decide, okay, which industry should I start with? You know, in within that industry, which company should I start? And more and more what we're finding, and you and I have had this conversation, we've got folks who are graduating college and they're thinking, I'm going to go to a company that gives back to society. You know, that, you know, if they have multiple job offers, they tend to go with that company that's given back. And Insperity is doing it in such amazing ways. That's part of it. You actually give time to the employees to go out and serve the community as well. So it's a it's a great company, youngsters. Those people who are looking for another career, Insperity is a really good place to start. And you, you have such a heart for people. And it comes through. It comes through so clearly. You know, you've got your book, Take Care of Your People. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. This was also just an effort. I felt like after, you know, we have had such tremendous success over the years. You know, we took the company public in uh, 1997 on the New York Stock Exchange. You know, I've been the CEO uh, of this company, uh, you know, from uh, from the beginning all the way through to now 20, more than 25 years as a public company. So I've seen every stage and every phase of what it takes to be a business leader, a CEO at different sizes of companies, different stages of the business. And, you know, I really wanted to explain what it meant to have a people strategy. You know, when I look at businesses, you have to have a good financial plan. You got to have a good operating plan. You have to have a great sales plan. You have to have a good technology plan. You really need a very strong people plan. And most companies, that's the last one they work on. 
So I wanted to put together a book that was more of a roadmap on how to develop a people strategy. And I called it Take Care of Your People because if that becomes your mindset, if you'll take care of your people, they will take care of your business, trust me. They will take care of the customers. They will take care of the vendors. They will take care of everything that comes up in the company uh, if you are focused on taking care of them and have built a good, strong people strategy. Yeah, yeah. And this is not lip service. This is real. I mean, we've been in meetings talking about this very, very thing. And, you know, when I kind of go back to administaff for just a bit. So, you know, you and your co-founders started looking at the back of an envelope. I think you started drawing out some of the things that you'd like to see in a company. And this people strategy, being people centric was part of that, if I remember that right. It was just the two of you and a couple of telephones. And you guys were starting to make all these calls to business owners and talking about the value proposition. And today you have 4,000 employees, and that's pretty amazing, 4,000, and you are taking care of your people. I'm right there with you when you're making these people decisions and promoting from within, and yet that whole strategy is working very, very well. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, if you get the people part right, uh, then it's it's such an amazing thing because the culture, we, we are what I call a values-based culture-driven, people-centric company. And those three elements, uh, I believe, you know, affect not only your likelihood of success, your degree of success, but your speed of execution, uh, your, uh, your success in terms of attracting the right people. You know, think of what an asset it is. If you end up with a momentum in attracting the best people, I mean, the way I look at it is every person that joins our company, I get so excited about it because they change the potential for our business. I believe so much in the potential of every individual person and their worth and their value, their creativity, their idea. Think of it. One idea from one person can completely change the trajectory of your company. So I look at each individual like that, and that is what helps us end up with a culture-driven organization with incredible resiliency, incredible uh, individual discretionary effort, great collaboration among individuals and teams, great innovation and always a desire to improve and get better. And most importantly to me, and I believe is really important for CEOs, your real job is alignment. Can you create alignment in your organization where you can direct them at objectives and targets and goals and they can perform? Uh, that, that becomes your role. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, your entire team stepped up. I'm thinking about the most recent Goliath that we went through as a society, and that's the pandemic, the global pandemic, COVID. And uh, and I know, you know, we had a lot of our clients coming to your team asking, OK, what are we going to do now? And you all were trying to figure it out, but you stuck to your values, being people centric. All right. You stuck to those values. And you're, a, you're an optimist, which is amazing. I remember talking to you during COVID. You said, we're going to pull out of this and we're going to do these things and it's going to be better. 
Can you walk us through that little bit of it, going through a pandemic and how strong your culture is and how your people were able to solve the client's problems? Yeah, absolutely. Was, you know, first and foremost, you know, because we have that culture where we are completely devoted to our clients, the small and medium-sized business owners, and our mission of helping businesses succeed so communities prosper, we could see very clearly all communities were suffering, all communities were at risk, all of our clients needed help. Our inquiries, calls from clients tripled and the average length of time for these calls doubled. In addition, you know, everything was landing in the HR department. First of all, everybody having to work from home instead of working from the office. All of a sudden you had, how are people gonna get, you know, they're not able to get benefits or go even go to doctors or now they need telemedicine or what are they gonna do to how to, to deal with things day in and day out? You know, we had issues around, all of a sudden there's a shutdown of businesses and you've got new policies and practices to put in place. Um, you had the, you know, loan program from the government, the PPP loans. How, how, what are you supposed to provide? You had to provide payroll information to get a loan to keep paying your people. These were one crisis after another landing in the HR department. And, you know, plus you had, think of what was going on emotionally to all of your employees and families and business owners saying, how do I take care of my people now? I don't even see them every day. And you know, we still got to try to keep this company going, try to keep some revenue going. And so this was a huge challenge. But because we had people who already knew why they were doing what they were doing, like you talked about a little earlier, Eli, that they just did whatever it took. And uh, we were able to go through an amazing time period, even when I think of, uh, you know, as things that the anxiety was so high and then the George Floyd incident took place. And now you had a whole nother, uh, you know, the history of racial tension, you know, surfacing in an incredible way that added a whole nother layer. But I'll just say that our people uh, demonstrated what the value of a sophisticated HR function is for any business during a crisis, but it's also that value all the time. And our customers really realized it. And uh, so it became, like many times, challenges that you have to go through can become a huge opportunity uh, to, to grow, to demonstrate your, your, uh, the essence of what you, what you are and what value you are to your customer. And uh, that can then multiply your success going into the future. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Wow, this, this time has gone by so fast, and there's so much here, folks. Trust me, you're listening to 30 minutes, and you're listening to the heart of a servant leader who is just truly, truly amazing. And, uh, and I'm just so happy to be with you, Paul, and thank you so much for participating in Victory Groove. And uh, clearly, clearly you have found your calling. There's no question about it. Look this guy up. Google him. Paul Sarvati, S-A-R-V-A-D-I, and look at the company, Insperity, I-N-S-P-E-R-I-T-Y, Insperity.com. An amazing guy, an amazing company. We already have the victory. We just need to get our groove back. Thanks, Eli. I appreciate it. 
Thank you. I, 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 I,